Welcome to Inner Guidance Daily, a place where you can have daily inspiration, meditations, and conversations to help you connect to your own inner guidance. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Lauren Lee. I'm a meditation guide and the founder of Inner Rebel Company. I'm helping you connect to your own inner guidance. Come check out the show. Welcome back to Inner Guidance Daily. How are you guys doing today? How are you feeling? I would be totally lying to you if I told you everything was great and good and light and love in the world, which it does exist. However, it is a few days away from the presidential election here in the United States. And honestly, the feelings here are pretty tense. The stakes are pretty high and it's really top of mind for everyone, myself included. So that's what I am feeling right now. I am definitely feeling the the weight of the world um, as we anticipate the results. And then hopefully, my, my biggest hope is that we can begin to put one foot in front of the other as we move past this election, no matter which way it goes. It's that we can continue to move forward and fight for what's right, which is what this episode is all about. This is advice from a shaman, and I don't know about you guys, but shamanism is just a beautiful, amazing practice and just such an amazing way of looking at the world. Um, And I was joined by shaman Nabil Redwood, and he's based in the U.S. in uh, California, and he is a healer. Really, that's what shamanism is. He's a healer, a teacher, writer, artist, an activist, and he shares the advice that seriously everyone needs to hear right now. With the challenges we are faced with globally and personally, shaman Nabil Redwood gives guidance, like real life guidance on how to fight for what is right without burning out. He offers poetic, straightforward, and honest guidance on how to wrap our minds around embracing the fullness of life. He teaches us how to live in the present moment, even when the moment is not ideal. I love this conversation so much. You are literally going to just jump in and peek into our conversation between one another, where I just sat back and got to listen to the amazing advice from a shaman. Enjoy the show. I I am curious how shamanism, how your work can really help people through this time. It's a very challenging time, as I'm sure you know firsthand. Mm-hmm. What advice, what guidance, what can you offer people right now in yeah. terms of how to get through this? How do we weather this? So shamanism is all about connecting with nature, connecting with the spirit of nature, and connecting with that spirit, knowing or that it or feeling that it's the ultimate source of everything and so how can that help us well we have the opportunity to access nature 24 7 even if we live in a city or an urban place the breath is there the wind is there the sun is there the clouds are there now on a most basic level one thing i would invite 
people to do. And one thing that I do, and I would say is a constant practice for me and is one of the major ways I get through the onslaught of life is realizing that there's no, uh, there's no end to the battle or the cycle. It just keeps going. And so all you can do is find little tiny moments of reposing in the natural energy of being. Mm -hmm. And what I mean, it might sound, you know, highbrow, but really all I mean is actually pausing to savor a breeze, actually pausing to savor the sun setting, right? Actually pausing to really admire the clouds fading into the distance, right? Or maybe pausing and noticing some birds flying and really just letting yourself be arrested by that for a moment, right? And this is, this, we're not saying to go into a, a cave and meditate for a century. We're saying, no, there's these moments of awakening throughout your day, sunrise to sunset, and every little moment in between, there are these opportunities. And we just don't practice paying attention to them. And maybe back in the day or in tribal culture, it's more natural because it's literally more natural. They're just in this vibe and they move at the pace of nature rather mm -hmm. than this mental pace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we still have to move at this mental pace if we wanna survive in our society. So what we can do is we can find these little moments to pause and observe the animals and the trees and the sky and the wind and the sun and the stars and the moon. And the spiritual aspect of this comes in when we start to really realize that, you know, when other religions say, you know, you have to find a higher power and they call that higher power God. In shamanism, you know, we can use the word God as well, but the preferred term is great spirit. And the <clears throat> idea here is that when we say higher power, we are talking about literally the sun is a higher power. It is a power that we are all dependent on. You don't have to believe it's alive and conscious. Shamanism does teach that, but you don't have to necessarily believe that to understand the sun is definitely a pretty high power, right? And if you look beyond that, the stars and the cycles of the stars, but even the just a mountain, a uh, really, uh, you know, old tree, uh, you know, even a, a river or just an ocean, these are higher powers, okay? They are forces that exist, whether you think about them or not, and they have profound impact on every aspect of reality, of nature, the weather and down to our mood and how we behave, right? And so, you don't need to look for a God or a spirit to feel a sense of higher power connection. And shamanism invites you to discover that connection in nature. That would be one of the first things I would encourage people to explore is realizing that, okay, you don't have uh, to go out and retreat into the wilderness. Let the wild come into your consciousness right here, right now. And if you're in the middle of a crowded city that's busy and loud and literally all you can do is look up at the clouds or all you can do is admire a, a small tree somewhere on a corner, then, then 
that's what you do. That's, that's where you can savor that. And this sounds really maybe silly or pointless, but the idea here is that each time that you taste something like that and you just let yourself savor it, it's, you know, it's not gonna change your life in that moment. It's just this one little tiny, tiny droplet of inner peace, of rest, of ah, okay. Just this one moment, this one sensation experience is okay. Mm-hmm. And, and then when we practice doing that consistently, repeatedly finding opportunities throughout our day, and then the more we look for them, we find them not throughout our day, but throughout our hour. And then we find them multiple times in a given minute. And then we realize, oh, between each co- uh, cognition is actually an opportunity to rest in being and feel that energy. Mm-hmm. And so each time we drop into it little by little, little by little, we're adding another little drop of inner peace into our bucket. And then gradually over time, we start to notice that it's overflowing, that it's filling up and that there's a space of inner peace in us that we can retreat into even without the support of the breeze or the sky or the trees. Uh, and that's by that point, it becomes natural, effortless to rest even while you're doing and mm-hmm. behaving and living in the world. That's one of the first things I would invite people to experience in a way to connect deeper with nature, but also to bring the natural power into themselves. <clears throat> the, other, the other major thing is not so much a practice necessarily, but I guess a, an attitude or a perspective to keep in mind, especially in this time where there's so much conflict. And we can't retreat from conflict. Shamanism is not a monastic tradition, right? We don't have monks as shamans. Shamans are instead part of a warrior tradition. And shamanism is much closer to practicing the way of the warrior, uh, even though it's a healing tradition. Uh, and that's, that's not contradictory here because what we're fighting against is uh, suffering, darkness, you know, cruelty. And the, those things are real. People do behave in cruel, destructive ways. There are destroyers out there and there need to be warriors, loving warriors to defend that which is pure and good and innocent, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can't retreat from conflict, but it's so maddening and anxiety inducing. And so where shamanism or the shamanic view can help us here is in shamanism, time is not linear. Time is circular. And in our modern culture, we very much operate on this belief that time is linear, that it moves forward. And we have this false belief that it moves upward towards progress always, which is just not true. And instead, what we see is everything is cyclical. And we see that in the patterns of history, the rise and falls of empires and nations and cultures and languages and people, but then more obviously in the cycles of the seasons and the cycles of the stars. And so in shamanism, we view everything as a cycle. So how does that help us with dealing with conflict? Well, one of the things that I find is that 
most of us in the world, when we participate in conflict, and I'm not just talking about arguing with people or breaking up with someone, I'm talking about, you know, politics and, and social division and, and participating in trying to change that or, or share your or share your word or your voice in as that public conversation. Most of us engage that world to win. We engage that world to win and to beat the bad guys. And not just to beat the bad guys, but to, but to defeat the evil itself. And that is a misguided approach. That assumes a linear progression. That assumes that if, if we just wait long enough and fight long and hard enough and fight more and more and then more and more and more, then finally we will come to a conclusion. But that, that isn't how reality works. And the shamanic view looking at time as cyclical, we would understand that, oh, there is no winning. There is no defeating the bad guys and there is no defeating the evil itself because no matter how many bad guys you defeat, there will be another bunch of bad guys to replace them. They'll keep on coming. And no matter how deep you banish the terrible destructive ideas, someone will think of it again and they'll, they'll come back, okay? So we can't actually win the war and there's no defeating the enemy. There's no defeating the evil. We simply should fight because it's right and not to win and not to save the world. We should simply fight in the present moment because it's the right thing to do. And then we should let that be enough. Mm. And this is the key. So yes, maybe if you're out in a place and you see something happening that's wrong, absolutely, you're, you have the power to step up and say, hey, no, I'm gonna fight for what's right. I'm gonna protect what needs to be protected. <clears throat> and then once you've done that in that moment, you did it, that's it. You don't need to go and still be mad about that conflict. You don't need to then go and lament that, well, I didn't save the whole world. And oh, I need to, I need to go and you know, do all these other things and devote my life to, and then you, really that's just a way of feeling guilty and not really doing anything. And worst of all, no matter how impassioned we fight, if we're fighting to win, we will burn out. We burn out and we then don't fight very effectively. Mm -hmm. And so the idea here is the mentality of the way of the peaceful warriors, the idea is being a, a, being a happy warrior, okay? Uh, we, we hear this phrase uh, now and then, this happy warrior. And the idea of the happy warrior is someone who, yes, they fight for what's right, they fight for what's good, they defend what's pure and innocent, but they do it happily, they do it joyfully, they don't do it angrily. Right. And it's really hard nowadays to not get angry. The mm -hmm. stakes are so high in mm -hmm. all of the conflicts that we're having in our society. It's very hard not to get angry. But the way you can do it 
is if you fall back to this position of realizing there is no future battle that, or future war to be won. There is just right now. And can you be your best? Can you say what's right? Can you stand up for what's right here in this moment? And maybe right now that means engaging a Facebook argument or uh, you know something online, or maybe that means arguing with a relative about politics or something like that. Um, and if that's so, in that moment, allow yourself to participate, but participate playfully. And when it's done, let that be enough. Mm -hmm. What I see happening is that we engage in these arguments we don't change anybody's mind. We just get angry. We throw emotions back and forth. And then we just carry those emotions around and we just get jaded and angry and cynical. And honestly, that's a big part of how uh, we get uh, defeated by those bad forces, whoever you think the bad forces are. But we get defeated by our own burnout and by our own desire to win. And so just by realizing time is cyclical, it's not linear. There's not some grand utopian future we're trying to get to. There's not <clears throat> an end point where we're going to actually be free of the destructive forces in society. All we can do is simply take some measure of comfort in that I did my best today. I did my best to say what was right, to do what was right, to stand up was what, for what was right, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my ability, and I can rest at that. Uh, beyond that, you know, <clears throat> one thing that I have, uh, so I have always recommend meditation. I'm a very uh, a dedicated meditationer or meditation practitioner, and <laughs> The, the reason I emphasize it so much is because meditation, the more you practice it, again, it trains you to just come to rest inside yourself and to really not take much of external reality too seriously. And one uh, thing that I've, I've definitely noticed that in my practice where I am now, uh, I, I, you know, I would say I am politically active. I am social and vocal about my opinions in that realm, um, not necessarily through my work here, but uh, in my personal life. And the way I manage it is <clears throat> I will determine what time or portion of my day I'm willing to spend on engaging that world. If I choose to engage a particular argument or discussion, I now have this sort of reaction that when other people get angry and emotional and hurl, hurl insults, just because I've practiced being and not reacting for so long, now I don't really get very upset. It almost amuses me when someone uh, hurls an insult or behaves that way because it's like they've already lost, you know, they're just sort of creating negative energy for themselves. And because I know that since I can retain calm and not become emotional, that they have stepped into the wrong lion's den by insulting, right? And I'm not gonna be mean or cruel or insult, but I will respond, right? Mm -hmm. And when it, and I finish responding, I will actually let it go. And if I know that I can't, then I won't engage because being able to sleep is more important than 
arguing with this person. So mm -hmm. these are subtle things, but just learning to rest, find some support in nature to remember that it's not about winning. It's just about doing what's right right now. And that's it. I mean, that's such amazing advice. And I had a lot of questions going through my head when, when you were talking, but um, again, to my, my own intuition was to just let, let him talk, you know? Um, I'm curious if you ever are thinking about where are we in the cycle, right? Like if, if time is not linear and we're thinking it's cyclical, like if we're thinking about the world and the universe and where we are today in 2020, do we think about where we are in this cycle or is it just like this ever, is everything on its own cycle? Like the leaves are going to fall at their own cycle. Right. I'm going to do right. its own thing. Like, do you think about that ever? Yeah. So <clears throat> it's interesting because uh, there is this idea of cyclical time, but at the ultimate level, the idea is that everything is happening now over and over again, that there's just this infinite now that continually arises. Now, there are a lot of traditions and, and people who say that we're living in, uh, you know, some say we're living in a dark age, the Kali Yuga, and there's just gonna be, you know, terrible things happening for a long time. Uh, meanwhile, other people, maybe in the new age movement say, no, we're entering the age of Aquarius. We're entering this time of like great renewal and uh, invention and things like that. Um, and so there are, there are narratives like that, that that we can look to. And, and the truth is we could look to what's happening in the world today and we could probably fit any narrative we want. And if you are an apocalyptic type of person, you can probably see what's <laughs> happening and think, wow, it's all going to hell. But if you're kind of a utopian type of person, you could think, ah, it's finally about to change, right? And, and honestly, I, uh, I think both are true. I have a bit more of a, I don't know if it's a realist perspective, uh, but, but you know, my perspective is that reality is a free for all, you know? In shamanism, we call it a, the onslaught of life. It's, uh, it's, it's an onslaught. It's, it's just, you know, a, a thunderstorm coming at you, right? Mm -hmm. And we all have free will to act. And there's some people debating that maybe we don't, but you know, experientially, we certainly do have the experience of making choices and suffering the consequences. Now we're free to act to create harmony or disharmony. That's our free choice. And <clears throat> a lot of disharmony has obviously been created. Uh, as far as where we are in the grand story, I, I hesitate to endorse one theory or another about, oh, it's all getting better or it's all getting worse. <laughs> um, I wish it were that simple. I think that really the hard truth is that reality can take a hard left or a hard right in any moment in both directions. Things can suddenly become amazing <laughs> unexpectedly and things can suddenly unravel. And <clears throat> I think it's important to almost not look to the greater cycles in this question, because instead we should look to our own responsibility of how can we move this in the correct direction? Because, you know, a lot of people say we're living through a spiritual awakening. Um, 
and that's true in some countries, but it's not actually a very global perspective. Um, and in other places, they're not, you know, maybe other places they've had these spiritual awakenings centuries ago. And, mm. um, and we can see that they're, you know, uh, not all of those countries are perfect utopias, right? So I think, again, going back to the realizing we don't win, we don't lose. There's no apocalypse. There's no utopia. There's just right now us doing our best or not. And so now that being said, I will say just looking at sort of specifically our history in the United States and kind of where we're going in that sense, um, you know, it's sort of the same thing where the big challenges that we're seeing, the major fault lines between the different sides of the various conflicts, they're pretty much the same conflicts and sides that were around 100, 200, 300 years ago. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> so again, we see that cyclical nature, but cyclical, not in the sense that it, you know, we're gonna repeat everything over again. I mean, in some senses we are repeating a lot of things, but um, I, I will say that we have, for most of you know the last 30 years, 40 years, um, we've enjoyed a relatively stable period of history. And yeah, there was sort of the, the war on terror and, and, and uh, that definitely was a scary kind of shift from the sort of 90s, which everybody sort of idealized as this really perfect time. Um, so I feel like we were kind of about due for a major shakeup and that in terms of cyclical change, yeah, we've had a period of stagnation where, you know, the last 30 years, most of the people who've come of age this century have come of age feeling like there's this society is sort of nice on paper, but underneath the hood, there's a lot of stuff that's not quite holding up. And this year seemed to be the breaking point where sort of the mask came off, no pun intended. Um, and, and we sort of were, saw, okay, what is, what is society really like underneath what we pretend it's like? Okay. When, when, when stuff really hits the fan, you know, how does it really look? And so I think we're seeing that now and it's scary it's, and a lot of people are hurting, but crisis equals opportunity, right? And so as frustrating and scary and terrible as a lot of the things that are happening right now, the destabilization is also kind of a necessary condition for us to really change things. And <clears throat> I'd love to think that the crises we're experiencing now will be used as a good opportunity to make positive changes that benefit everybody. But I, I'm not really, um, I, I don't necessarily suggest that that's guaranteed. Um, it's just as likely that the uh, opposite happens, uh, mm -hmm. that destabilization causes even 
uh, worse things to happen. So again, it comes back to our responsibility of what we can do in each moment to move it in the direction we think it should go. Um, but as far as this grander sort of cycles of change, of cultural change, yeah, I, I, we're definitely coming to a breaking point where uh, sort of we're renegotiating the values of our culture. And we'll see which, which way the scale tips. Yeah, we definitely will see. And I, and, um, I want to encourage everybody who's listening to definitely follow you on Instagram because everything that you're talking about now, you know, you post these just profound, really sometimes very straightforward, uh, you know, just the way you're talking to us right now. Um, and it's really insightful information and it always comes through in like a way that's very relatable, um, which I really appreciate about you, you know, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes I feel like, you know, in the spiritual healing modalities and in this realm that sometimes people can kind of disconnect from the actual physical world that's happening. Um, and so I really appreciate that you don't, right. And that mm -hmm. you can stay connected to what people are experiencing now. Um, and so much of what you were just saying is just really inspiring, insightful, gives you a lot to think about. And so his Instagram account is basically like that every single day. So I really encourage people to check that out. Um, before we go, there's two things I wanted to have you chat about. Um, you have a initiate shamanic initiation course, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that you had some time to share with people. If you're feeling like, I want to know more about shamanism, I want to know more what this is, I'm curious, I, you know, nature really speaks to me right now during this time, which I think a lot of people are experiencing. They're like mm -hmm. opening the world to the nature, to nature and like seeing like how wonderful and magnificent it is. And we've all been just been asleep staring at our computers right. for years. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about what that is. And, um, and then I have one last thing, but go, okay. go ahead. So yeah, uh, I, my shamanic, excuse me, my shamanic initiation course is a non-denominational course into the teachings of shamanism. It's a very comprehensive course that covers uh, everything from the philosophy and worldview to techniques and a variety of different techniques for connecting with spirit, connecting with power animals, guides, uh, learning how to do healing, energy healing techniques, <clears throat> various meditation techniques, psychic development techniques. And these techniques are pulled from a variety of different traditions. Earlier, I mentioned the Peruvian uh, shamanic tradition. Uh, but this course, like I said, is non-denominational. It's important to realize that, so the word shamanism is actually a very uh, Western anthropological word. There, there's a, a tribe in Siberia uh, who have their the shamans or shamans, that's where the word originated. But shamanism has now come to encompass pretty much uh, lot, almost all indigenous uh, spiritual practices that were for healing and for negotiating with natural forces, right? And <clears throat> so the specific religious, mythological, and also techniques like songs and stories of specific tribes, those are very um, sacred to those tribes and not something that out, people from outside the tribe should be 
uh, deal it should be accessing. Um, and maybe they can learn about it, but certainly not, you know, practicing or selling or anything like that. So there's no content like that in this course. So this course is uh, looking at lots of traditions historically from many different places. Um, and we're not, it's not a history course. Uh, instead, it's pulling from those traditions, the techniques and the concepts that are most relevant to us now. And the great thing about shamanic teachings is that because all of these practices involve working with nature, working with your body and working with your consciousness, it's all still applicable to us, right? Even though it might be old or it might be uh, passed down through oral, oral traditions that are very complex and contradictory, there are a lot of common threads that we find from <clears throat> African, Indian, Siberian, uh, and European, Middle Eastern, and New, uh, <clears throat> uh, New World, Native American uh, teachings and techniques. And so this course includes uh, 20 lessons, 20 exercises, and it completes with an initiation course <clears throat> that builds from the same, uh, from the themes that we find in many initiations throughout the world uh, involving, you know, the death of the ego self and sort of <clears throat> awakening into a new spiritual identity. So this course is really good for anybody who is a beginner and just is curious about shamanism in general and wants to know more about it and get an idea of how uh, it might help them. <clears throat> it's also appropriate for people who are more advanced and want to deepen their own practice. Um, and also for people who actually want to become practicing shamans and do this work uh, eventually themselves. Um, it's a great foundation for that. Awesome. Thank you. It sounds so interesting. And I think a lot of people, I mean, for some parts of the world, it's going to be winter and they're going to be mm -hmm. hunkering down and mm. it's just a really good time to just dive into something like that. Um, before we go, I wanted to share this quote that you shared with me. Um, and I think it really actually just talks, kind of wraps up so much of what you have been talking about. Um, but I'll share the quote with everybody. And then if you want to just share a few additional thoughts on it, and then, um, yeah, then we'll, we'll end the show. Um, okay. So you said a quote that's really resonating with you right now is delight in the fullness of each moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So delight in the fullness of each moment. This is, <clears throat> This has kind of been a mantra of mine for the last year or so. <clears throat> and you're right, this is the major theme of a lot of what I've been sharing today, <clears throat> which is that we can't keep looking ahead, waiting to feel better. And in a spiritual practice, we can't keep practicing all this stuff, hoping that we're gonna reach like some amazing goal of enlightenment and superpowers. The real practice is delighting in the fullness of each moment, which means each moment that you experience, that's it, that's everything that exists. And the, <clears throat> like you were saying, a lot of the traditions, spiritual traditions are very much sort of removed from the world, very much saying, hey, you know what, forget about 
all of that and just go up to the mountaintop and you'll find God and you don't need to worry about poverty or war or any of that politics. But um, shamanism and not just shamanism, uh, Kabbalah to a certain extent, but definitely uh, classical Tantra. And I'm not talking about tantric sex, but uh, classical Tantra yoga. Uh, is very much about accessing the divine in each moment. And not just in each moment, but in each sensory experience. So while a lot of the traditions and religions are about no pleasure, no sensual uh, stuff that's bad, you need to get up to this high spiritual level. That's not what I'm about. That's not, that's, those are not the teachings that I uh, pull from. Uh, instead, for us modern folks who are not going to go be monks, we have to take the ecstatic approach, not the renunciate approach. The ecstatic approach means not just, you know, pleasuring ourselves senselessly, but actually realizing that each sensory experience we have, even right now, the sound of our voices or wherever you're sitting, the feel of your clothes, the temperature on your skin, all of these are actually opportunities for you to abide in the present moment. And so in meditation, for example, we focus uh, in, on the breath as, as one option. And many other meditations involve focusing on different physical sensations in your body. Why is that? The reason is that any physical sensation you are having is happening right now. It's happening in the divine space of now that everything is arising. And the moment you have a thought about it, a thought by definition is retroactive. It's, it's about something that already happened. So it's not now. And <clears throat> same with emotions, but your physical sensations and, and that includes everything, your experience of literally everything around you is a chance for you to access this fullness. And <clears throat> so, like I mentioned earlier, just by tasting a little bit of the sweetness of the breeze, of the trees, of birds flying, just by savoring those little moments, you start building up this well of inner peace. Of, and another way to describe that is fullness, right? You feel a fullness. You stop feeling so empty all the time. Mm. And so delighting in the fullness of each moment means that each moment, regardless of what you think is happening or regardless of what you feel is happening, if you can just pause and delight in some sensory experience that's in that moment, that's it. Mm. That's it, you've arrived, you've arrived. Now that's all awakening is. Mm -hmm. Now that's all awakening is. Liberation is different, that's, when you reach a point where you've sustained your awakening so that it's a permanent way of living. And that's why we have to practice this, right? Why we have to just remind ourselves, oh, I can pause now, you know? And, and I mean, literally, oh, you, you're loading a web page and you're waiting for it to load. Um, you know, a lot of us, we have this bad habit. We're on the computer and we're on the phone and we're waiting for a web page to load and then we look at our computer and then we wait, for, we're waiting for something to load here and then we look at our computer, right? So delighting in the fullness of each moment in that very mundane context would mean, let the page load and rest. <laughs> Delight in the moment of, ah, I'm just here. 
and I'm working and maybe there's a sweetness to, ah, I'm getting this work done, right? And so that's all it means that we delight in each moment, the sensory experience that's available to us and we savor it, we cherish it, we relish it and we just let it make us feel good. And then, yeah, we're right back to the thick of it and we're on to the next moment. But again, if a little later we can remember to just find another moment like that, ah, then slowly these moments start to expand, right? So maybe you might delight in a breeze right now and maybe the, the sweetness, the, the resonance of that sweetness might linger for just a few minutes before you're distracted by something else, right? And, but then the more and more you do it, maybe that resonance, that lingering uh, echo lasts just a little longer, a little longer. And then if you're doing it constantly, then each one of those gets a little bit fatter and juicier, right? And then they start merging into each other and suddenly you're finding that, ah, every moment is so delightfully full, so rich with sensory experience. Before I even have a thought or a feeling about what's happening, that it's just so delicious to experience any of it. So beautiful. So awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Thank you for being here on Inner Guidance Daily. I've had such an amazing time just listening to you and taking in all the information. And uh, I just appreciate your time. How amazing is that conversation? I really, when he was talking, I was just all in on the conversation. Every single word was just resonating and I was dropping deeper and deeper into the conversation and something really profound, mystical and awesome, it it happened. And I later told him about it, but I was like, I can't keep it from you guys. I have to tell you too. So this is just a quick little bonus um, from this episode and I had to share this experience with you. Okay, so in the last like five to seven minutes of... um, the conversation with him, I was fully in the conversation. I mean, I was really experiencing the fullness of the moment, right? And really understanding what that means to like bring yourself into the moment, understand like a sensation you're having in your body or your hands or your eyes and like, wow, you can see, right? And just really relishing in the delight of the fullness of every moment. And in those moments, I started to see this like, like a, a light, like a, a pretty, um, I don't know, like a, just a light around him, um, like kind of glowing. Right. And we're doing these calls all over zoom, you know, everything's virtual. And so at first I thought it was some sort of reflection from like maybe my house, you know, onto the screen. And so I moved, but the light stayed around him. I was like, that's so interesting. Right. So I continued to listen to him and be in the fullness of the moment and still was aware that I was experiencing this hue around him, this light. And so he moved as well in his, you know, home as he was talking and the light was moving with him. (laughs) So then I was like, it's not the sunshine. It's not something that's happening in his room that's making that happen because as he's moving the light is moving around him it's not a reflection from my home and so I'm like blinking and you know trying to see like basically going through like all the different variations of like what could this be in my mind and these are all things happening like in split seconds and I'm just kind of breaking it down to tell you how cool it was and such an awesome experience and so 
as I continued to focus on him and listen to his, you know, words and listen to what he was saying, which were incredibly profound and really resonated with me, um, the light started to get brighter and then it started to get green. <laughs> it started to turn green and, and like kind of fade off into like a yellow and then into like more of like a, a white light. And I was like, am I seeing his aura? And so I started to get excited in my own being because I was like, this is so freaking cool. But then I just had to remind myself, like, you know, just stay in the moment that you're experiencing something because you're literally full in the moment. So we wrapped up the show. And then um, as we were wrapping up, I, I was like, I have to tell you something. You know, I have to tell you my experience. And he was like, sure, go ahead. So um, I told him, like, I think I saw your aura. <laughs> I think in the last, like, seven minutes of the conversation, it was just, like, totally beaming out of you. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. What color did you see? And I was like, green. And he's like, everybody says, I have a green aura. I was like, no way. So cool. It's so cool not only to see it, to then be confident enough and feel open enough and accepted enough to share that you had that experience with somebody and with the person you were experiencing it with, and then for them to validate it, right? That's such a cool, cool experience. And so then he taught me something that I wanted to share with you that I think you'd be more than okay that I'm sharing because he is a teacher, um, is that if you want to see somebody's aura, that the, one of the ways that you can do this, and this is his teachings um, from when we were having the conversation, and I've tried it, and it works, and it's so cool, is, um, okay, so if you're right-handed, which I am, or if you're left-handed, you know, you can adjust based on which one you are, but so for me, I'm right-handed, right? So when I'm looking at somebody's face, I'm going to look at their left eye with my right eye. And then I'm going to try my best because when you're first trying this out, you're going to be really focused and like very tense, but you're going to try your best to like soften and relax your eyes and just allow that to be how you're seeing somebody right through the right eye to their left eye. Right. And as you do that, you, and you soften into the moment, you know, maybe bring a smile to your face. Don't take it so, so seriously. You will begin to see this light emanating from their body. Um, and I'm laughing because I told my husband about this and he was staring at me so intensely, <laughs> um, trying to make it to, to work. So again, just be easy with yourself, approach it with a sense of play, right? Um, and then maybe release it, let it go. Like if that's a desire you have that you want to see and be able to witness somebody's aura, which is something I definitely wanted to experience, um, release it, let it go. And, you know, the universe will conspire for you to be able to have that experience or maybe even a better experience that you don't know exists at this moment. So sometimes when we like hold so tight onto the desire, it's like we're suffocating it. Sometimes you got to try, you know, what it is you are trying to achieve. And if you don't get it in the moment, release it, let it go. And that the universe will conspire to help you for sure. I know this to be true. Um, and if you feel like you just want to work at it every single day, then work at it every single day, right? 
he also mentioned that sometimes it happens just naturally when you're really engaged with somebody as I was, as I was totally in the fullness of the moment and really just delighting in it. Like, wow, this is so cool, right? When you really get down to it, like right now you're listening to the sound of my voice and you're having this experience in your ears and, you know, it's resonating through your body and that you are you know, walking maybe and having this experience that you're moving, you're walking, like there's so much delight in every single moment. And we're moving so quickly. And so many of our moments are outside of our body, like we're focused on our screens, or we're focused on other people or whatever, um, that we kind of miss the moments. So long tangent, but I had to share this with you guys, because it was just really fun. Um, and a really awesome mystical experience. And if you've experienced something like this or you want to, I would recommend reaching out to Nabil <clears throat> through his website and I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes. Um, he has a, an initiation course. He has a lot of other, um, awesome ways to connect with him. You can do tarot card readings with him. You can just sit down with him, you know, and, and if you want to see your aura, he would gladly teach you that. So that's it for now. I'm so happy to be able to share that with you. It was such a cool, fun experience. Um, and I hope that you, you know, are able to have something that you can delight in, like totally embrace the fullness of a moment. And it doesn't have to be grand, right? It doesn't have to be something that you are going to share with the world. It's just, you were noticing this plant sitting in your room and you just realized how freaking cool it is that there's a living plant in your room and the colors and it's beautiful and it's growing and it's doing its own thing and it's intelligent and has a consciousness like maybe that that may just be the experience you need right okay totally tangent but thank you for being here and um thank you for listening to this cool mystical experience and if you have something similar to you can send me a note you can connect with me on Instagram at innerrebel.co, or you can send me an, an email, lauren at innerrebel.co, I-N-N-E-R-R-E-B-E-L.co. All right. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. I'm sending you so much love. Take care of yourself, be safe, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and for subscribing to Inner Guidance Daily. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Do it. And if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, I would love it if you could leave a review. It helps to reach more people and it helps to shape the podcast. I look at every single review and I listen to all the feedback. If you feel like this podcast is beneficial to you, I would love it if you would pass it along to anybody else that you think would benefit from this information. One last thing, if you're on Instagram, please let me know. Follow me at innerrebel.co. Tag me when you listen to this episode or to this podcast. Let me know what you think. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful to be serving this community. Thank you so much for tuning into Inner Guidance Daily, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.